Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. But Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall, Ellis, left corner. Bang! From way down under, Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat to the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Count the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis. Pull up jumper. Cody Ellis. Bang. Cody Ellis. Can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle, the very first edition of 2023. Happy New Year to everybody and it feels like every single week, Cody, we've got more and more to talk about in the world of the NBL. There's no shortage of things for us to talk about as well starting the new year. We had a New Year's Eve miracle. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching as that unfolded up in up in Cairns to, to end that game, so we'll get stuck straight into that. After what we spoke about last week, we saw a coach suspended, which probably didn't surprise us too much, but it, maybe the way it happened it did a little bit. The Perth Wildcats have now signed a second Webster, which I can't wait to get your thoughts about, Cody. We're seeing injuries galore stack up across the league, which is unfortunate, including some season-ending injuries for for the Illawarra Hawks especially. We're seeing Melbourne United getting accused of all sorts mm. of things from all sorts of people, which we'll get stuck into. The playoff race is fascinating. There's, there's really eight teams still fighting for those six positions, and that's going to be a fascinating watch over the last five weeks. We'll hear from Scott Ninnis, and he'll... Tell us about his reactions to New Year's Eve as well. And it's fair to say he didn't enjoy it too I'm much, sure. I, I, would, I would have thought. And he'll pick the Galen winner this week as well. So, yeah, Happy New Year to you, Cody. Yes. How, are you, how are you holding up after all of this basketball action where the intrigue is almost just as fascinating off the court as on it? It is. And, uh, yeah, Happy New Year's to you, mate, and to everyone listening. Um, we feel like a broken record when I say lots going on, but <laughs> yeah. I, I seem to say it every single week. But, uh, I mean, it's just it's crazy. Um Never a short of, of things to talk about. No. So, but you're right. Lots going on off the court. Mm. Uh, it's fairly intriguing, and and there is some basketball sprinkled in there somewhere. But yes. uh, no, look, <laughs> certainly plenty to get through. No, there absolutely is, and we're here thanks to Hoop Seven and some terrific sales around this time oh, yeah. at Hoop Seven. So head to hoopseven.com.au, or if you're in Perth and you want to head into the Perth city, head on to Murray Street, and you'll find plenty of goodies, Cody. Absolutely will. Absolutely will. I need to uh, need to get in there again. I've uh, spent plenty of time in there recently, yep. but uh, never go astray walking no, in there. No, absolutely not. So check them out as soon as you get a chance. Now let's get into the basketball action, Cody. And I, I think we have to start with what's going on with the Perth Wildcats because they, they're starting to click right now. They're mm-hmm. playing good basketball, coming off the game on New Year's Eve where both Bryce Cotton and Corey Webster played well and then also... Tayshawn Thomas and Brady and Brady Manick played very well yeah. also. I it wasn't a team as I was watching that I felt like they needed to add a a pretty dominant sort of yeah. a piece of piece of of talent but it's now confirmed they've signed Ty Webster. Yeah. Um before I before I offer some of my thoughts, what was your reaction when you found out that it wasn't just a rumor, it was actually going to happen? Well, yeah, originally I kind of just didn't even 
give it a peace of mind because mm. I thought it was just something that, you know, someone mentioned and yeah. maybe the Websters wanted to play together again, mm-hmm. which, you know, wouldn't surprise okay. me at all. And yeah. um, then all of a sudden, I think it was 24 hours later, it was official. Mm. And um, look, it's it's one of those things and really said it in a comment. Um, that, you know, if you've got a local with that kind of a talent, then you want to go after it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how well he fits in the squad. Mm. Um yeah, I think probably going to be taking away minutes from, from Nordo and mm. shots away from Bryce, yeah. you know, I think, yeah. is, is probably the other big thing. Um, you know, that's three fairly ball-dominant players. Mm-hmm. Um, and, look, I, th- I think the Cats have been clicking. I think yes. if they were going to add someone, they probably needed another big. But, uh, look, I mean, if you can take someone like Ty Webster and the talent that he has mm. and, and make it work, then mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a force, but mm. um, be interesting to see how it works for them. That sure will be. If I had to sum Ty Webster up, I would describe him as someone that's supremely talented. Mm. He can put points on the board quickly. Yep. He can be a good point guard for your team, but he's also someone that probably needs to take a lot of shots to, mm. be, to have an impact on the game. He loves to have the ball in his hands yep. a lot. He's probably a little bit foul-prone and turnover-prone mm-hmm. for based on what we saw from the last season he played at the New Zealand Breakers. Um, when you've already got a stacked backcourt with his, his brother, with Bryce, with Mitch Norton, and even Todd Blanchfield and Luke Travis, who spent time in the backcourt, yeah, I'm, I, I, I struggle to see how he fits. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure either. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go when he does play. Um, I mean... Look, when, when he was playing with New Zealand, he was, you know, that couple years younger and mm. he's probably learnt a bit since then. And I think, especially with this team, he's got to be that less ball dominant. Mm. He has no option. Yes. You've got a three-time MVP in Bryce Cotton <laughs> yeah. that will, will say otherwise. Mm. And um, so, look, I, I think it, it could work if they can figure it out properly mm. um, because we've seen Bryce try to put the team on his back for a whole game and it's just not quite worked. Yeah. You know, he's had yeah. massive halves throughout the season mm. but kind of fallen away late mm. or he's been very quiet in the first half yeah. and then just exploded in the second. I think Ty could certainly fill some of that void, mm. but I think Corey's stepped up big time well, since all since, that since, shit talk in New Zealand. And, and, yeah, and since he's, been, since he's been starting, he's been a totally yep. different player. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, we've spoken about that. And mm. someone who's started his whole life, it's tough to yeah. come off the bench. Yeah. So, you know, you slot him back into the starting lineup, he's been unbelievable. And it hasn't taken away from Bryce at all. No. Whereas you throw Ty in there as well. Mm. I mean, we saw what happened in New Zealand. Ty and Corey would take 25 <laughs> shots each and there wasn't a whole lot of other shots to go around. Mm. In saying that, you know, I think he's crafty. He's a crafty guy. Mm. He's a crafty guard. And I think if he can figure out how to play with those other guys around him quick, I I think he will be an asset. Yeah, I mean, the two biggest concerns I have is that all all three, both Webster's and Bryce, are better the more they have the ball Mm -hmm. in their hands. Secondly, if all three of them are on the court together, I have concerns over them defensively. Mm -hmm. How can they they stop teams scoring up the other end? Yeah, well, they're certainly smaller and... Less defensive driven yes. <laughs> with those three on the yes. floor. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, it's intriguing to see if if really we'll play them all together, mm. or if you know, I'd assume Ty will be coming off the bench. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they won't be the best defensive unit in the mm. league. They'll certainly be able to score with you. Yes, but they uh, <laughs> they certainly. I don't think they'll be able to stop a whole lot of uh, teams. How much of a lineup do you think we'll see Thomas Manick, 
Webster's and Cotton. How much of that five-man lineup do you think we'll see? Well, you've got Thomas about the only one in there that could defend anyone. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure how often we'll see that one. Mm. I think um, that's a fairly stacked lineup. Yeah. You know, if, if you look at it on paper, that's that's a really good lineup. Mm. Again, that will score with any team in the league. Mm. But in terms of stopping teams, I don't think that um, is is a great lineup to have. Mm. Um, in saying that, look, I think I think Manic's done a better job. He seems more in, intent mm. on that. End of the floor. Yep. Um, now that he's his shot's starting to fall, it mm. seems everything else is starting to click, mm. and he's getting a bit more confident with all that. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, there is only one ball out there. <laughs> um, last one on this difficult question for you to answer, probably because these two are both former teammates of yours. But do you think the Wildcats make this move if both Mitch Norton and Todd Blanchfield were having better seasons? I don't think so. Mm. I think um, both those guys are certainly having down years. Mm. Um, Todd can't seem to find his shot properly, mm. um, which sucks. And for, for a guy like Todd, you know, it's the same as um, Steindl um, mm. in, in Tassie. You know, if, if your shot's not falling, you got to figure out other ways. And especially with a, a coach that was a straight-out shooter <laughs> and scorer like yeah. John really was, mm. it's one of those things that, you know, if the shot's not falling, then you kind of get pushed to the wayside a little mm. bit. Um, Nordo seems to be just not right. I don't know if he's hurt or mm. what's going on, um, but his minutes seem to be dropping mm. um, more and more each mm. week that I see, um, and I'm sure that's frustrating for him as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, if, if those two guys are having years that, you know, even a couple seasons ago that they had, mm. then I don't think this is even a thought. Um, you know, I think Ty Webster's possibly going to Illawarra rather yeah. than uh, yes. rather than going to, to the Cats. But... Um, yeah, look, it's it's a frustrating thing, and mm. but that's professional sports. Mm. It's, it is a business at the end of the day, and you've got to get wins, and that's that's uh, that's the be all and end all. Corey Sherwell is the one that you have to feel for in this situation yeah. because he's now been cut by the Perth Wildcats. Um, at the same time, he wasn't playing anyway, so mm-hmm. I mean, he, he loses a contract, but he doesn't lose yeah. court time. Um, with the Hawks now losing Peyton Seaver for the season, is there a chance he lobs up somewhere else like the Hawks for the rest of the season, or? Does he just have to wait and hope that he finds another chance somewhere down the line? Well, I hope someone does pick him up. I mm. think there's a couple of teams around the league that could probably use his services. I mm. think Hawks being one. Mm. I think the Phoenix with their yes. troubles yes. Um, on the injury front would be another one. Mm. He's a big body. He can score. He can play defense. Yep. Like he's he's a really good young player. A really good athlete. A better athlete than I remember when before he went to college to when he came yep. back. He was a he was a really impressive athlete yep. at NBL one level. And look, he struggled for the past two years with a with a foot injury. Mm. Um, was on his way back and then redid it, kind of like Corbin Rowe did mm. on, on my squad um, with the Senators. It's not a fun injury to deal with. Um, having been in and around Corbs mm. uh, the whole time, he'd uh, was dealing with that, and he's, he's had to retire because of it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not a fun injury, but he seems like he's on the other end of it now, which is good. He's on. Um, but I mean, a few years ago under Gleason, he was starting in a grand final game, you yeah. know, and, and playing well and was a big part of that rotation that mm. they had. Um, I don't see why he couldn't be part of another team's rotation right mm. now. Yeah, look, it's it's a frustrating thing, but someone yeah. had to be that guy. And I guess with, with Corey not playing for two years and then mm. only just coming back, I think he suited up for one game, was mm. that it? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it sucks, but again... It's sport, man. It's it's uh, it's a frustrating thing. 
All right, let's have a look at New Year's Eve because I don't know if I've seen a, a finish to a game. Hmm. We, we spoke a few weeks ago how we hadn't probably seen anything like what we saw the Jack Jumpers do hmm. to the Kings. What the Taipans did to the 36ers in, in Canton Saturday night clearly surpassed that yeah. because this game was absolutely dead and, dead and buried. Um, Ian Clark hit a three with six and a half minutes to go. Adelaide was leading by 18 points. The Taipans didn't have Keanu Pinder. Um, there was just no sign of what was to come. So then a couple of minutes later, Clark hit another shot. They were still up by 16. And, and again, the game looked dead and buried. It it's, it's almost hard to put into words what happened from there. But the simple terms are that Cairns scored the next 18 points. Ian Clark finally hit the court again and hit a three. Yeah. He looked to be the only cool head on that Adelaide team, um, but it might have been too late because then Shannon Scott hit another three and the, the tight ends got the job done. 22 to three from the moment they were down by 16 points with five minutes to go. How on earth does that happen, Cody? Oh, yeah, just, um, I mean, Adelaide falling asleep, really. Mm. I mean, you could see it. Um, tight ends were never out of it. Um, mm. They're not that kind of a team, yeah. especially under a guy like Forty. They're not going to be one of those teams that just lay over, even if mm-hmm. there's you know thirty seconds left. They're still going to play it yeah. out, and especially getting that New Year's Eve game at home again. Yeah. Um, bit of pride on the line yeah. as well, at yeah. least to cut it down. But geez, I mean, they came out almost like a different team mm. in that last five yep. six minutes. Yep. Um, and you know, like you mentioned. Adelaide just kind of thought it was in the bag. They did. Like everyone else, right? They, they thought that they had it. Ian Clark came off, was sitting down for the end of the game, and he was the only cool head on that team because... Well, when he went off the court, everyone offensively didn't even look at the basket. No one it. wanted to take a shot. It was almost like they just thought they were up by 16, they didn't need to score again, and mm-hmm. that's just run the shot clock down on every single possession, and that's all we need to do, but... Somebody needed to still look yeah. at the basket. Well, they did. And, you know, Adelaide made a really good defensive play um, in front of their bench and stopped, I think it was McCall, at mm. the rim. McCall f- fell down and was on his back. He That's was hurt right. a bit. Um, Adelaide came down. McCarran caught it at the top wide open. He was already 3-3 three three from the three-point line at, yeah. that, at that point yeah. in the game. Yeah. Wide open and just looked panicked. Didn't know what to do. Took a couple dribbles into the paint, into the congestion, kicked it back out, and then all of a sudden McCall was back and it was back to five on five and they had eight seconds to get a shot up. Mm. I realise you want to use the clock late in the game Mm. when you're up by that, but if that's the case and you've already hit three or three... I know Mm -hmm. McCarron has struggled with his shot all Mm. year. He's not been his strong suit Mm. this year and he's a much better shooter than he's displayed. If you're three of three, you're wide open at the top. I... I don't see why he wouldn't let that fly. I mean, they just, no one wanted to score. Franks was kind of out of it all game anyway. McCall really got into his head. Big time, big time. And then, you know, McCall and Cleveland going at each other Mm. as well. Mm. It really fired McCall up. And he kind of started that run really with his energy. And then he's getting back up and trash talking and talking and talking (laughs) and talking. And he got the crowd back involved. And I mean, geez, the rest is history. They just kind of ran over them. Uh, it was um, an epic collapse and uh, an unbelievable comeback. Yep, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Scott later about what it means for the 36ers. But for the Taipans, what can it do? Because they were without Pinder. And then you talked about McCall, how he's the guy that brings that energy, especially without Pinder. Mm-hmm. But then they got the two cool heads with Shannon Scott and DJ Hogue as well, who, yeah. who just hit those huge shots. Massive. Uh, you need a bit of both. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of got a 
good array of all of that. Mm. Um, especially when Keanu's back, they've kind of got he and McCall that mm. are those upbeat, energetic, yeah. just constantly at a hundred mile an hour mm. going. And then you know you got Hogue and Scott as those cool heads, like yeah. you mentioned. And late in games, Hogue's proved it all season yep. that he's up, he's up for it and he's yeah. ready for that big shot. And he could be. 0 for 10 for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. As soon as it's the last couple yeah. minutes or even the last quarter yeah. and it's within striking distance, you want the ball in his hands. Yeah. And then Scott, mm. this is the Scott that I thought we were going to get. Mm. Um, he was just aggressive all game. He was going at it. Um, it. He changes that team a lot when he's playing like that, yeah. especially with Keanu out. Mm-hmm. Someone else needs to step up. 31 points. Yeah, massive. And McCall isn't – I don't think he's quite that guy to be able to do that every game. No, no. Right? Whereas I think Scott could do that every game. We've seen McCall go off for 40 like he did yes. in the <laughs> last game yeah. last season. Yep. But in terms of every game, I don't think he's he's that kind of a guy. Yep. Energy-wise, absolutely, he's, mm. he's that guy. But I think Scott needs to be that more aggressive type of player, which we saw this whole weekend, really. Mm. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was just – it was an incredible way to finish, to finish the year. Um, now we spoke about um, Chase Buford last week, we Cody, did. and you were you were still bemused that <laughs> nothing happened after that Phoenix game where he got a tech but didn't get a second tech, and how he stayed in that game. Yep. Two weeks later, he ended up getting suspended <laughs> for that, and he didn't coach against the Jack Jumpers. Kevin Lynch stepped in and did a terrific job. Twenty point win in your coaching debut is yep. not a bad way to start, but um, I don't think you would have been surprised that Chase ended up getting suspended. But why does it take two weeks to happen? Well, it shouldn't. There's just. Hmm no rhyme or reason why it should take two weeks to make that decision. I think it needs to be made within 48 hours of that game. And before really. you play another game, yeah. surely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Obviously tougher if you've got, you know, a double header on one one day's notice. Yeah. But at the same time, like, this is a professional league. Mm. You need to be able to do that sort yeah. of stuff. There's, yeah, there's no way it should have been uh, two weeks later. Mm. Um, and I think they only found out either the night before the game or the morning of the game that, it yeah. was suspended. Yeah, well, it was only announced a few hours before the game yeah, was, it was. was played. So, yeah, very very interesting to see. Um, it's a tough one because, obviously, he had that suspended, suspended sentence mm. from last year carryover. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not overly surprising. But I think I was, I'm still just shocked that he wasn't thrown in that know. game, to be honest yeah. with you. It, yeah. it still is a bit baffling. But uh, no, look, Lishy stepped up nicely mm-hmm. and was was the cool, calm head. Um, and yeah, to get a win against a quality opponent like mm-hmm. that, like the, like Tazzy, um, the squad squad looked calm and ready to play, yeah. and it didn't look like it affected them at all. And mm-hmm. that's you know certainly signs of a championship contending team. <laughs> it was an incredible performance to be in charge of. They shot sixty nine percent from the field as a team. They out-rebounded the Jack Jumpers by 18, but a lot of that is simply because they just didn't miss, miss many shots. Didn't there was miss. no, <laughs> there was no <laughs> rebounds there for the Tasmania to get. Exactly. Now, they did have 23 turnovers, but that was an incredible incredible performance from the Kings. And just on Kev, um, is he a head coach in waiting somewhere in the league? Yeah, I think so. He's uh, extremely knowledgeable of the game. Um, he's got that cool head, mm. but he's also got that fire in his belly yep. as well. Um, oh, he's a, he, he never shows a lot, but he was always the ultimate competitor. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It just never showed on his skin. You know? <laughs> it was, um, but look, he's, he's played for, for some unbelievable coaches. And, I mean, you could just see the way he plays that he was a coach in waiting. Mm-hmm. So it's only a matter of time, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Yep. Um, 
South East Melbourne Phoenix, they they just can't take a trick either. Um, so they, they just get um, they just get Alan Williams back to take on the Jack Jumpers, but then early in the in the game they lose Trey Kell, who's now going to be at least out for their for their next game, um, just as they get Ryan Brokoff back. So they just can't take a trick. Um, I don't know if I've seen a game where a team takes twenty five less shots than their mm. opponents, Cody. So the Jack Jumpers ended up just dominating that game in every way you can dominate a game. So they took 85 field goals to 60. They forced the Phoenix into 25 turnovers, 25, 22 offensive rebounds to 12. Fascinating to hear Mitch Creek talk after the game. He was really hard on himself mm-hmm. for, for being the biggest reason why they lost. And he felt Alan, he, he and Alan Williams were the two biggest reasons why yep. the team gave up what they did. Um, I felt like he was probably being a little bit overly harsh on himself. But for at sure. the same time, you want your leaders to, to care that much. Um, what did you make of... The woes of the Phoenix, and can they turn it around? Oh, it's it's just got to be so frustrating. It's mm. frustrating sitting and watching it happen mm. um, because we know how good they can be, yeah. and they'd be a legitimate contender mm. with a full squad. Yep. And like we've seen earlier in the season, when they did have their full squad, they were tough. Mm. Like they they would have taken it to anybody. Yeah, it's just I don't know what's going on or what's happening. If it's luck or mm. if it's something they're doing on the you know, training court or in the weight room or what's going on, but it's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, it from, is. You know, Gary Brown's was a soft tissue, but yep. Brokoff sounded like it was a real freak. Yeah, sort of hip or groin injury, yep. and then Trey Trey Kells was just a knock to his knee. And yeah, I guess you can't do much about Joe no. Trey if he needs to go home. He needs oh, to, he needs to go home. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, said it multiple times. Like luck plays such a big part yeah. in in sport in general. Yeah. And they're just <laughs> they've got the wrong side of the coin on mm. this one, unfortunately. Mm. Again. You know, we saw it last season where they were riddled with it and yep. fell away and yep. just, you know, ended up not making finals. And look, I think I think they still obviously make finals. But, I mean, if, if they get healthy, then they'll, you, you won't want to come up against them. No. But it's, uh, yeah, they've, they've got to start getting healthy quick because there's not a whole lot of season left, really. Do you like when someone like Creek takes such responsibility mm-hmm. for it post-match? Yeah, I do. I think signs of a good leader. Mm. You know, uh, I think he and Williams both can certainly take you know a lot of the, a lot of the blame. I think they probably needed to be even more aggressive. Yep. I mean, we've seen those two guys been the standouts for that yeah. squad all season. Yeah, I think what stood out to Creek, what he was referring to, was the fact that they combined for 11 turnovers and, yeah. and the amount of offensive rebounds they gave up to their yeah. direct opponents. Oh, absolutely. And that's a lot on those two. You yeah. know, they're especially the O-boards, they're, they're the guys in there that need to be collecting those those rebounds. And look, it, it doesn't fall solely on those two at all no, no. by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, as... As someone on the squad, you want to see your leaders taking that on board, mm. but you also take that personally as well. Yep. So I think I think it's good. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they come out next game. Because, yeah, well, they've, uh, got the, they've got the Sydney Kings now, and yeah. probably by the by the time most people are listening to this, that game would have happened. But yeah. they need to respond. And yeah, they, they do. But it's geez, it's not going to be easy because last time they beat the Kings in double overtime, Cooks didn't play a lot yep. of that game, and we saw what Creek did. But Cooks is up and firing now. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one. But, uh, look, I think they're up for the challenge and hopefully they can get some bodies back. They'll have Brokoff, but they, yeah. won't, have, they won't have Kel. Yeah. So it kind of offsets one, it, one it, for the other. It does. And then Brokoff not playing for a mm. few games again. Mm. So mm. got to get that rhythm back and that wind and mm. it doesn't take long to lose. <laughs> yeah. All right, Cody. Um, Illawarra Hawks. Um, you just have to feel for them. I mean, 
we've seen them already try to play games without both Michael Frazier and Tyler Harvey and, and again against the, the Taipans they were without Peyton Seaver and Michael yep. Frazier and, and they're competing hard you can't fault their effort right now they, no. they really are they really are battling but it's really tough and now they've lost Peyton Seaver for the rest of the season again um, to a shoulder injury um, you would think they don't bring in another import mm. at this point given they've now got nine games to go yeah. and they've only got two wins on the board so you probably don't need to spend that money you have to feel for them. Um, you also have to give them credit for the way they're fighting right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, you do. You do. And it's, again, it's just a frustrating thing. You know, mm. it's, it's part of sport and it, it happens. It happens to every team. Um, obviously, feel for Siva being out for the season. Shoulder injuries are never fun. Yep. I've had my fair share of shoulder injuries and, and those are, are really brutal and they uh, don't go away too easy. Yeah. So hopefully a uh, quick recovery for him. But look, I think... Um, even if they don't replace him at all, I think it gives guys like Lockie Dent a chance yeah. to step back in and, and play the way he was playing at the start of the mm. season. I think he was kind of an energizer bunny for them. Mm. Um, obviously very young and very raw still, mm. but it's the perfect opportunity, especially when the season's done for you guys mm. and you've got nine games left, but there's absolutely no chance of you making mm. finals. It's time to give those younger guys yep. a chance. Um, Hickey as well. Yep, yep, exactly. You know, he's he's stepped in and had some good minutes this yep. season. Um, Maybe he's a little bit more advised to look for Tyler Harpy when yeah. an important shot at the end of the game yeah. is there to be taken, though. Yeah, possibly, possibly. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, jeez, yeah, that was uh, that was fairly interesting, wasn't it? Well, I think so. Adam Ford was very happy that he took the shot. Oh, I'm sure he was. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He let him know it. <laughs> but uh, look, I, I think. It's the perfect opportunity that those young guys come in and mm. even some of those guys that have been on the squad and haven't really found their rhythm this season. So guys like Mango, who's obviously yeah. coming back from, from injuries and not playing, yeah. he's starting to feel it again yes. and starting to get his rhythm back. Guys like Wani, who mm. have struggled this year, I mm. think, especially mm. on the offensive mm. end, give them that free reign to just go and play mm-hmm. and just give them, give them playing time and um, see what happens. And you can also just completely take the shackles off the shackles off Frazier and Harvey mm. and tell them to go out and win us some games. Yeah, absolutely. You absolutely can, and they're good enough to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I, that squad is better than the two and seventeen record yep. they have. Yep. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, and they could uh, they could be that upset team. Oh, they absolutely can. They they're, they're unlucky they haven't been already. They could have already had more than those two wins with yep. a couple of double overtime losses and a couple of other tight losses that they've had. Um, all right, Cody. Before we get to Scott Ninnis for this week. Speaking of Adam Ford, mm-hmm. he wasn't shy in coming out and calling out Melbourne United last week for what he felt was targeting of Keanu Pinder in that yep. game. Um, he felt like it was, a, I don't know how to put it, but un, unsportsmanlike, unfair, um, and he felt like they led to his ankle injury, what Mason Peatling did when he tried to come down and land on the dunk. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you, firstly, do you feel like he has a point? And secondly, do you like a coach coming out and being so blunt about what he thinks of an opposition team's tactics. Uh, look, we all, we all know Forty. He mm. tells, tells it like it is, yep. and that's yep. what we love about him, yes. right? I'm not sure if everything he said was was right. Um, I think Keanu being an MVP candidate now, mm. he's got a bigger target on his back for sure. Oh, yeah. And you need to find ways to slow those guys down, mm. right? So. You know, we've seen guys with Bryce in the past just sit in his pocket and mm. be that extra bit rough with him and mm. push him around a bit more, get a few fouls, but that's kind of how you, mm. you try to get in his, his mm. head. It's it's become a similar thing to Keanu. Because of how he plays, he's not the big bruiser, mm. you know, big like 
we've seen before. I think he definitely uses his body and and his finesse and his athleticism mm. to, to get the job done. Yep. So I think being that extra bit physical with him is certainly what teams are, are thinking of doing. Sure. The Wildcats did the best job at it. Yeah. Tayshawn Thomas really took him out of his game. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's how you guard Keanu. Is mm. You need to be more physical with him. Mm. It's easier said than done because you still got to try <laughs> catching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, You can still dunk on your head as Isaac Humphreys oh, knows. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I think the Peatling thing was the big, um, big reason why Forty came out and said that. Mm. I don't know if it was deliberate or if it was more clumsy. Hmm. Um, you know, it's one of those things that when you're playing, you kind of turn and jump when you know someone's going up to the rim. Hmm. He kind of turned and jumped a little bit. I mean, he was never in the play. Yeah. Like, Forty was right. He was never in the play. He was never going to get to that. Hmm. But it's one of those instinct things where you kind of jump for it and he's probably like, Keanu, I'm not getting this. Hmm. Very clumsy with, with how he's, his feet ended up. Hmm. Keanu comes straight down on his foot and, and rolls it. Um, the, the frustrating thing for me on all that is we are so, as, as a league, we are so um, determined to do the right thing by some shooters on the three-point line. And protecting right? their and landing space. Taking landing away space. the landing yep. space. Bryce is mm-hmm. the main point of that, sure. right? We, just because of how he shoots and yeah. we've seen him countless amount of times. It's almost not that. a game where he doesn't get a foul. Well, exactly, yeah. yeah. And... They are so concerned about that on the three-point line. But that kind of stuff happens under the rim. And it was it's fairly blatant because you see the replay and Peatling's kind of in a bit of a split stance and, and ready to take off down the other end. And then Keanu comes straight down on his foot, rolls his ankle, sitting there writhing in pain. How much more dangerous is it under the basket if someone's coming down from a dunk than just a jump shot? Oh, it is. You're coming down from a higher point, yeah. right? You you jump higher to dunk it than you do to shoot a jump shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bryce jumps so. about <laughs> at the same height with uh, with his little mm. springs in his legs. But um, it is. It's very dangerous. Mm. It, it, is, it is very dangerous. And like I said, I, I, I don't think it was deliberate. But, yeah, I, I think it was a bit clumsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the fact that it was not even nothing was no whistled, call. Yeah. no call. It was kind of just Keanu there writhing in pain while they went up the other end. And but, but should the officials now be looking at these things more closely under the, under the basket? I, d- I don't know why it's not looked at. Mm. It, it, it does happen a lot under the rim. Yep. Right? It's tough because usually when you're under the rim with the ball, there's about five or six bodies around mm. you. So it's a, it's a lot harder to, to see that rather than a one-on-one on the perimeter. Mm. So I get that. But that was Keanu by himself with Peatling coming in late. Mm. Like, I don't know why that wasn't mm. looked at. Um, one last one on that then. Um, could you imagine any team in the NBL ever going out to try to injure a player from the opposition? No, I don't think so. Uh, mm. that's, no, that's just, it's not It's not really in this league's DNA, I don't think. No. There's, there's, look, there's been guys that will try to set screens up the floor and and ring your bell and all that sort of stuff. But mm. I don't. I don't think... Players are deliberately going out to hurt each other because hmm. um, that just sets a whole dangerous precedent throughout the league and then it's, you know, yeah. teams start to recruit differently, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. start to get those guys that enforces. are enforcers yeah. and all of a sudden the league changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think that's how this league is going or how it's been. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I, I hope not anyway. Jeez, yeah. I really hope not. Um, now... 
the Phoenix got involved as well. So the yeah. man, managing owner of the Phoenix, Romy Chowdhury, um, he doesn't think Mason Peatling's clumsy. He thinks he's dirty. Um, yeah. Does he have a point? Oh, look, I think, especially coming from the Phoenix with what happened last year with, with, Creek, with yeah. him and Creek, I think. No, look, no, I, I don't know why he yeah. stuck his nose in. I, I don't... Even if he was asked for comment, sometimes you can say no comment. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't see the reason. And look, you know, there's there's lots of things that go um, unnoticed by the camera when, when you're mm. playing basketball. And I've played enough to know that you can get away with things that people don't see, that refs don't see mm-hmm. that are standing right there, mm-hmm. right? So, look, I, I haven't played against Pete Ling, so I, I don't know him. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure if he is one of those guys that does it. Little cheap shots here and there. There's plenty of those people around. Oh, the scoring machine it's was just... the best at it. <laughs> he and Lousy. Lousy yeah. was pretty good at it. He, <laughs> he was pretty good at the uh, full court terror screens mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah. that would take you out. But, I mean, look, it's uh, I, I, I haven't seen anything to say that he is he should be labelled as a dirty no, player. No. no, I don't think so either. Um, all right, Cody, before we get to Scott Ninnis and the Galen Award, let me just quickly run through the results over the past week and see if we've missed anything. So going way back, this like I say this for the first game every week, but this feels like a lifetime ago. It does. And it was last year still, so huh. in fairness. The Adelaide 36ers just got the job done against the Brisbane Bullets, 87-84. to Pretty dramatic finish. Nathan Sobey copping three fouls in about 10 seconds didn't yep. help the course for the Bullets, but that was a frustrating game for Brisbane once again. And the Sydney Kings, as we talked about on on Friday night, beat the Tasmania Jack Jumpers 97 to 77. Their New Year's Eve, two pretty good games. The Perth Wildcats, their highest score of the season, 107, beat the Illawarra Hawks 97. And then the game we talked about up in Cairns, the Taipans 86 to 83 over the 36ers. Their New Year's Day, the Jack Jumpers, as we spoke about, far too good for the Phoenix, 99 to 74. Then Melbourne United kept their season alive. Um, Chris Golding. Missed, missed his first eight three-pointers, Cody, and then he made his next four and played match winner. They beat the Bullets 99-86. to 86. And then finally, Monday night, the Taipans beat the Hawks 96-89. to 89. Anything else you might want to touch on before we get to Scott? No, mate. I think it's time to take a breath. Yep. Very good. When we come back, I'll be with Scott Ninnis. Back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle, and I'm now joined by the Adelaide 36ers Hall of Famer, Scott Ninnis, the only man, of course, involved with every Adelaide 36ers championship. Scott, let me start with your thoughts on New Year's Eve. Did that get the 36ers further away from winning that championship this season? It didn't help, mate, that's mm. for sure. I, I, uh, you know, I watched it with a couple of mates, and Brett Maher and Rupert Sapper included, and I, I don't think I've ever been mad at a game mm. that I haven't been directly <laughs> involved with myself of that and, and to watch to watch that unfold uh, you, you know we were we were screaming at the TV and uh, yeah look that that can do a lot of damage to you you know sort of um, they need to bounce back and they need to bounce back really really quickly um, you know it's difficult because you, you need to address the loss and the reasons for why it happened, but you, the next breath you, you just need to move on and be able to somehow put it behind you. So uh, it's it's a tricky one. I mean, they you know they're really starting to 
you know, set up the rest of the season. And once again, there's no reason why they, they can't continue mm. to do that. But, uh, yeah, that one hurt, mate. That was, uh, that, that, uh, that wounded <laughs> deeply. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, yeah, really, yeah, really disappointed as obviously the, the group would have been as well. But, uh, you, you know, that, that's one that got away that, uh, you can't get back, unfortunately. What, what stood out to you in those last five minutes? I mean, to me, it was two things. The full-court pressure the Taipans decided to go with, the, the 36ers just couldn't get past it. They couldn't get the ball up the floor. And when they did get up the floor, everyone that touched the ball looked almost scared to actually look at the basket. It was like they were trying to save the game, scared to actually put a shot up and trying to save the game, not trying to win it. The only guy that actually looked like they had a cool head was Ian Clark when he came on in that last, in that last minute. I mean, what were the things that stood out stood out to you? Oh look, you know, I don't think there's any question though. They were playing not to lose, and I guess that was a frustrating thing. Because all they had to do was score a couple of baskets in succession, and the, the game would have been over. You know, they would have put it to rest. And uh, I think that was the most frustrating thing for me. But yeah, everyone looked, you know, really, really tentative. But and, and their pressure, you know, well, it's good, wasn't it? It's shattering. Yeah. You know, like it was. Uh, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that much that you you, you, know, you can go on that sort of uh, you know run uh, you know against you um, you know I would have liked to see you know I know Ian Clark sort of you know still you know getting involved in the team I, I you know I would have liked to see him get the ball you know mm. get the ball in his hands a bit earlier on and uh, you know sort of settle us down but uh, you know the, the, it's not like the guys that are left on the court would chop liver I mean you, you're talking about some really high quality guys but it, it was just one of those ones where you just it's almost like no matter what you do it's it's just a, you, you know watching a trade wreck unfold and uh, um, yeah really disappointed um, to I mean, a massive difference in the context of the season too. I mean, five straight wins at that point would have been massive. But, I mean, you look at the record, the difference between 10 and 9 and 11 and 8 right now is suddenly they're out of the top six when at 11 and 8 you're knocking on the on the top four. It's a, I mean, it, it's, it could have massive sort of ramifications in that playoff race too. Yeah, it could, and that's what I said. You, you know, you have to you have to deal with the situation and, and you know address the reasons why it happened. But you just cannot afford to dwell on it. You know, we, we've yeah. got two home games coming up that uh, you know can put us right back in the mix again. And it's just that sort of season that you just have to take uh, you know take your opportunities when they present themselves. And like you said, we should be talking about five straight wins. Uh, you know, now we're talking about that loss instead of. You know, the four straight wins we had before it, which were which was terrific to to be able to put ourselves in that situation. But uh, um, yeah, once again, you you know, any time after a loss, to get an opportunity to play again quickly, which which we'll have uh, you know this weekend on Friday and Sunday. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can bounce back from that, and 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 hopefully you know in a few weeks we're talking about yeah you know, that loss was the thing that galvanised mm-hmm. the team and, and really that they that could be the turning point in the whole season. So. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see what happens. That's for sure. No, absolutely. Um, how did it? How did it go in terms of spoiling your celebrations with with Marzi and and Rupert? Were you able to shake it off and still have a have a good New Year's Eve? Oh no, I was just shitty as hell, mate. I was <laughs> I was moping around, moping around the house and yelling and cursing and uh, uh, yeah, look, we we uh, I, I need a little moment. I. I, I Took myself off for about fifteen minutes and uh, <laughs> swore and carried on, and then uh, then I was I was back into it. And uh, uh, yeah, we had a couple of nice friends to uh, to bring in the new year, so that sort of uh, helped help me get over the line. <laughs> ah, excellent. All right, so we're we're here to 
to select our winner of the Galen Award, the best NBL team man for, for this weekend, Scott, thanks to our friends at Sports Card World. And a little bit difficult probably to find too many candidates, but Xavier Cooks, once again, who won our award last week, was outstanding in that in that win for the Sydney Kings against the, the Jack Jumpers. He, he's just unstoppable at the moment. But the other man that stood out for me was Shannon Scott. Unfortunately, he was the, the man that delivered those dagger blows late along with DJ Hogue on New Year's Eve, but also against the Illawarra Hawks. He had a, had a really good game. I mean, just a just the cool head he provides for the type end right now is terrific. And, and now that he's finding that scoring punch as well, 49 points across the two games, but he's also their point guard. He's, he rebounds, he defends, he does a bit of everything. Um, he might be hard to go past for this week. Yeah, certainly. It's, it's Shannon Scott for me. Mm. I mean, that's, uh, uh, you, you know, the, the poise he showed and, uh, uh, you know, he's really found his niche in that team, hasn't he? And, yeah. and in the league itself. And, uh, you yeah, know, I, I thought he was, uh, I thought he was terrific. Uh, you know, you talk about having a cool head on your shoulders and the ability to, to make the big shot and the big play was just, uh, you know, I really like what sort of cans are, uh, you know, put together there with with, with Hogue is he, you know he's he's a ripper. Um, you've got a bunch of guys who are who play hard for each other and their coach and play well. And uh, I think that's any uh, any time you start talking about a situation like that, then you, you're definitely on the right track moving forward. So I like what they're doing. Um, and yeah, I, I've probably been one to, to think that they were going to be the team that sort of slipped by the wayside, but. Mm-hmm. Not so, not so sure now. I think they've, uh, you know, there's good chemistry there. And, and once again, as much as a disappointing loss that was for the Sixers, that can be a real galvanizing, galvanizing win for the Taipans as well. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I like what they're doing and um, I think they're going to be tough. Yeah, no, they absolutely are. Um, what are your thoughts on Adam Ford, the way he, he goes about life as a coach? Clearly his players love playing for him and clearly he's incredibly supportive of his players and I think that shows through in everything he does. But he's also not afraid to call out opposition teams if he thinks that they're targeting his players. He's not afraid to trash talk the opposition from, from the sidelines as well. Um, do you like the way Ford goes about it? Oh, there's aspects I do and there's aspects I don't. I think when you start talking shit to opposition players, you're on a you're on a bit of a slippery slope and I, I just don't think that's that's necessary now. You know, there's a competitive nature to it and uh, you know, I sort of understand that. But you, you know, what he said against uh, United I thought was way out of line and, and just you, you know, they you know, you look at the incident, you know, they, they might have been trying to be physical with Pinder leading up to that. Well, of course they would have been. Any team mm. of the competition should be trying to do that. He's one of the best players in the in the league. But you know, to say that you know he's trying to deliberately hurt them. I mean, he he went up for a dunk and, and landed on Petling's foot. I mean, you only have to watch that mm. to see that there was no malice involved in that in that particular incident. So that was disappointing. But yeah, I I, I like his passion. I love mm-hmm. his passion. I love the way that he's going about it. Like I said, his players you know play hard for him, and and that. You get that you get that box ticks, or you, you're you're a long way in front right from the start. So uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd love what he's doing, what he's been able to put together up there. Mm. Um, I want to get your thoughts quickly on Chase Buford. I think it might have been off air that we were talking about him last week and some of his antics courtside, and it turned out he ended up getting suspended for the way he acted against the Phoenix for that game in in Gippsland. Um, what do you, what do you take on it? Did the league take the right? the right path in suspending him to try to, I guess, curtail some of the, the way he, he conducts himself? Oh, I think they probably did. I'm just not sure why it took so long, to yeah, be honest yeah. with you. It's, uh, I, I just can't work out him. He, he's <laughs> just, you know, just, I'll, I'll be careful what I say, but, like, it's, it's uh, 
Yeah, I think they did, they did make the right uh, right move. Uh, just should have been quicker, in my opinion. Mm. Kevin Lish is the complete opposite, isn't he? I mean, he's never never raised a sweat. Never, never, he, he's never out of control. He's he's the perfect calm head, I, I guess, to have alongside him. Yeah, and that's important to have to have guys of his caliber alongside you. If you do got a guy that only demonstrative and, and loses it at times, to to have those guys to better. Hopefully, help try and calm you down is is really important. Obviously, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Scott, thanks for your help with all of that. Um, before I let you go, Premier Mind Tours business, we followed it closely, and the the troubles you've had through through COVID and how it pretty much put you completely out of business. But getting back to normal right now, you're you're a pretty busy man. I am. I'm in the middle of nine uh, nine tours in ten days. So uh, the only day I've got off is, is Thursday. So that's exciting. It's uh, uh, there's a lot of people around, and there's a lot of people uh, yeah, in our uh, wonderful wine regions, which is really exciting for well, obviously for myself, but also for you know for the tourism industry in, in Adelaide as a whole. So it's uh, it, it does. It seems to be going from strength to strength, and it, it does seem to be back to normal mm-hmm. if there is such a thing <laughs> uh, which is really really exciting nah, great to hear Scott good to hear you going well let's hope the 36ers can bounce back this weekend like you said two really important home games against the, the Hawks and the Breakers and all of a sudden two more wins there and probably back in the top six and hopefully can stay there so we'll keep a close eye on on that thank you to Sports Card World for their help in selecting Shannon Scott for the winner of the Galen Award this week and we'll do it, do it all again next week look forward to it mate always good to have a chat Okay, Cody, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Thanks again to Scott Ninnis for catching up. You're pretty happy with Shannon Scott as the Galen winner for this week? Oh, absolutely. I think it was uh, hard to go past him. Mm. Um, yeah, he just did everything for them this round. So, uh, yeah, perfect point, perfect choice. Are you surprised to hear that what happened in Cairns ruined his New Year's Eve celebrations? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not even slightly. He was... He's, as he said there, he was quite the angry, yeah. angry, angry little fella, little fella for a little while, and he, it took Brett Maher to calm him down a little bit. He was the the calming influence. As that that again probably doesn't surprise you too much. No, no. That's before we get to our preview for round fourteen, Cody. Let's have a chat about something that we've noticed that's developed in recent times. Mm-hmm. Xavier Cooks doesn't seem overly fond of doing post match interviews. No, um, he speaks well when he talks. He, he he's a he's a friendly chap. He has good insights on the game. Any thoughts on why he's avoiding them right now? Because your your mate Julian has to do some some hard selling to try to get him to talk. He does. Jules has to, uh, yeah, basically beg him. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We saw in the Christmas Day game him basically bear hugging him across to, to get an interview <laughs> yeah. out of him. So no, look, I'm not sure what's going on. You know, I mean, the fact that they probably asked to talk to him at every single halftime mm-hmm. and every single time after a game is probably starting to wear on him mm-hmm. a bit and he mm-hmm. doesn't, he's a bit over it, <laughs> um, which I totally get. It's, that makes sense. So no, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing because you're right. He's, he talks well, he, mm. he understands the game. It's, um, you know, he doesn't give the, the generic answers. He, mm. um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure whether he's just, he's over it or he's, you know, I don't know if he's, he's scared to get a, a question about, you know, mm. coach and all that. Maybe, but, yeah. uh, No, it's it's uh, it's very interesting. Cause Is there you, something you know of that's happened that's put him offside with the media? Has the media no, upset him in some way? Not that I know of. Mm. Not that I know of. But, um, 
it, it, I think it kind of goes back to last year where they, as a team, kind of took it as them against the world yeah, type did, of thing. Did. So yeah. maybe that's carried over a bit and it's understandable. I mean, yeah. it was successful for them last year yeah. with, with their um, their attitude towards the game and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. no, I'm not sure. It's, uh, it's very interesting though because after games you do see Julian yes. up there yes. having a chat to him <laughs> the whole time. And yeah. um, So he was successful on Christmas Day, yeah. but he wasn't against Tasmania. So um, Cooks was again player of the game, but he didn't do the interview. Yeah, I think Zave must have seen him coming and just run, <laughs> run the other way. So... Um, no, yeah, I, I'm not sure what's going on, but it'll be interesting to see if he uh, he pops back up on the screen yeah. in the next next few games for him. How do players in general feel about doing interviews like that post match? It's it's a tough one because usually it's the same few people on rotation mm. um, for each team. Mm. Um, you know, you get the odd one where someone has a standout game, mm. um, but it's usually the same. You know, probably three ish players. Mm. So, uh, look, uh, it never bothered me. Um, it's it's part of it, I think. But uh, I know some people really don't like it and mm. just aren't comfortable with it. So, I mean, we've seen him in the Hungry Jacks ads, so he's, he's, <laughs> yes. he certainly can do it. But, uh, yeah, maybe the fact that they're running every second ad, he's, he's just like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with it. He's on, he's on the screens a lot, isn't he? Um, press conferences are interesting at the moment too, post-match, yes. Cody. Um, Scott Roth had an interesting weekend. So Friday night in Sydney... He caught the line of questioning that he wasn't expecting about mm. the referees and then about his own his own actions, and I thought he was going to get up and belt the, the, the fellow who I think was doing his first ever NBL game, <laughs> I think he mentioned. So Scott wasn't overly thrilled about that. And then, unfortunately, on Sunday, I brought the emotions to yeah. the surface as well, and he had to get up and walk out because of because of my, my questioning. So, Bloody Chris Pike, right? Yeah, that, that's exactly <laughs> what he said as he walked off. But um, So, yeah, no, but... As we talked about last week, um, there's no better ambassador for the league right now than, than Scott Roth. Oh, no. Yeah, I think he's, his daughter, unfortunately, is about to return home to the US and mm-hmm. they've had a hell of a time. And I think she, as I said to him on Sunday, he's just about the biggest Jack Jumpers supporter there is. So yeah. it's, it's, it's just amazing to see how that family has come together. So um, I hope they enjoy their last couple of days together. Sure. Um, all right, Cody, you ready to get into the preview? Let's do it. Um, Wednesday night, a double header, and as we've talked about, most people are probably going to be listening to this and the games would have happened by, yeah. the, t- by, the, by yeah. the time that's happened. So let's just quickly get your thoughts on, firstly, the New Zealand Breakers and the Perth Wildcats in New Plymouth, but we believe both Websters will be, will be out there, yeah. so that'll be interesting. And then, as we touched on earlier, the Kings against the Phoenix as well. This is a, a hell of a doubleheader. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, uh, it's awesome. It's good. I mean, we didn't have a game on Tuesday, so one of the few days break in this, <laughs> yeah. this last month. But New Zealand and Perth, I think it, it's a really odd one because, you know, New Zealand went 18 days without playing a game with mm. all the COVID stuff, played a game and then had another eight-day break oh, until now, yeah. which is, as a player must be mm. just awful because that is that just means so much practice, yes, <laughs> yeah. which is never a good thing. Mm. Um, good thing is they get Rob Lowe and Rayon Repair back. Yes, so, which we didn't think we would see Repair again. No. So I'm, I'm glad we've seen that. Um, in saying that, they're going to be... Ready and raring to play, but they're going to have some rust to, to get off. Mm. So it's going to be an interesting one coming up against the Perth team that is really starting to find mm. their, their form and inserting another just key piece to, mm. to that. So, oh, look, oh, I think Perth get it done. Um, I expect Corey to have another big game. Um, we don't see anything from the Breakers social media team no, this week, do we? they've gone very quiet, <laughs> haven't they? So, uh, look, I, I think it, it's going to be a good game. It should be a good game especially early because New Zealand are going to come out of the blocks mm. firing. Um, 
I think we forget they've lost because there's been a month in between the games. They've actually lost their last three. Yeah, but they're still sitting second. Still sitting second because they just haven't played. <laughs> so, um, no, interesting one. So they're on a bit of a skid um, with their form. So again, <laughs> losing three in a row and then going into twenty something days mm-hmm. practice with one mm-hmm. game is is not ideal. No. But uh, look, they'll be ready to go. But I, I do think Perth get this one. What about Sydney and the Phoenix? Any chance for the Phoenix to bounce back? Because Sydney's pretty much at full strength. I mean, we look. We saw what Creaky did to him last time. Mm. Um, but you've got Zave there now, yep. who I think is probably the only one that can can guard him. And look, I, I still think Creaky will do his thing. Um, but to have a guy like Zave to try and shoot over now is is going to certainly deter things. Um, I think Sydney get it done purely because Phoenix are just. Still just missing too many bodies yeah. and having a lot of the young guys have to play major minutes. Thursday night, Brisbane Bullets at home to the Cairns Taipans. Um, again, the Taipans without Pinder. Mm-hmm. I think the Bullets expect Baines to come back. Um, you give the, give the Bullets any chance. Look, I think Brizzy are actually playing better. Yeah. Um, I think Sobey's starting to get his form back. We've seen in the past few weeks mm-hmm. he's, he's starting to put numbers on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, even before that, they had a bit of a slip up against Melbourne. Before that, they beat Perth in overtime and yep. probably should have beaten Adelaide. Should have. Yeah, absolutely should have. And, you know, that was, that was a big win against Perth again, mm-hmm. who, like I mentioned before, are, are playing good basketball. So I think under Vanderjack, they're kind of a bit more settled now mm-hmm. and just all going out and just playing. Mm-hmm. Just just looks like they're having fun playing, um, apart from <laughs> the refs situation yes, with, yes. with them. But uh, And it, unfortunately, except for Froling getting on the floor too much. Yeah, no, he hasn't been on mm. there a whole lot, has he? No. Um, which which sucks. And we saw this last year with him where mm-hmm. he didn't really quite get the opportunity that we thought he probably deserved. But at the same time, Gacky's playing incredibly. Gack back has been, uh, has been big for them. Mm. And he's been just... Um, Full of energy and, and kind of a bit of a motor for him, mm. which is which has been really good to see. Um, look, I, I think I actually think Brisbane get this one done. Mm. Um, you know, Cairns without Keanu is a, is a different Cairns yeah. team. I mean, we saw that the other night. Yeah, and they have been able to pull these last two out of the fire, but I think they probably stay on the road. They probably go straight yeah. from Wollongong to Brisbane, so they've been on the road for a long time. A third game in a, a few days. This might be yep. the one that. And catches up with them. Possibly, possibly. But uh, look, I, I think it'll be a good game. Hopefully we see Shannon Scott be the same mm. aggressive player he, he was last round. Yeah. Um, Friday night, important game for the Adelaide 36ers. Huge. They can't afford to drop this. I think they're expecting to try to break the record crowd mm. again for the Adelaide Entertainment Centre and they just have to bounce back against the Illawarra Hawks. Well, they do and they need to come out and make a statement mm. and... Unfortunately for the Hawks, they're the ones in the way right now. <laughs> yeah. So while they've been playing a lot better, losing Peyton Seaver is big for them. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, all of a sudden you, you've got to throw those younger guys back in there and mm-hmm. play major minutes again. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Adelaide didn't have a fun few days on the, mm-hmm. on the training floor. Mm-hmm. So they'll be out ready with uh, with blood in their eyes and, and ready to go. I think, um, I think Adelaide get that one fairly handily. Yeah. The Hawks have been really competitive, but have. this could be the one that's a bit of a, a blowout if Adelaide is, is serious this season. Um, doubleheader on Saturday, huge game, semi-final rematch as well. So the Tasmania Jack Jumpers at home to Melbourne United. Jack Jumpers need to keep winning to stay where they are, but as we've talked about, Melbourne probably can't afford to lose another no. game. No, they can't. And Tassie probably need to right ship a little bit as well. You know, they've probably dropped a couple that they shouldn't have yeah. um, throughout the season. So they're probably wanting to get 
a couple more under their belt and, and climb up the ladder a bit more. Um, but Melbourne really can't afford to, to lose one. You know, mm. we, we said it last week that maybe they can afford to lose one mm. more throughout the season, but I think if they're legit about making finals, this is a game that they need to win. Yeah. Um, it's still tough for them. I mean, it is. They're, they're on 12 win, 12 losses. 12 losses yeah. No one above them has more than nine. No, no. And, you know, again, like we said last week, they're going to have to win out and then it's still going to be in someone yeah. else's hands. Yeah. So... Look, I think Melbourne get this one done. I think they come out um, with a bit of a sting and, and, and get it done. Second up, first time for this season. It's amazing that we're into January yeah, crazy. And to say this, but it's going to be a hell of a game. Sydney Kings at home to the Perth Wildcats. I have no idea. <laughs> I've got nothing for you. It's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. Both teams coming off the, the back of a double header. Um, but, you know, far enough away that it shouldn't really affect them too much. Mm. Yeah, from Wednesday to Saturday, it's not too bad. It's is not it? too bad. The only issue is the travel. Yes. Um, so, look, I expect an an unreal game, mm. especially with the way the Cats are playing now, which is really good to see. Um, phew, yeah, I've, it's a flip of the coin for me, mate. Um, I'll go with Kings because they're at home. Home, yeah, for a second straight game. Sure, yep, yep. let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, the, the, the lack of travel might help. Um, yeah. Um, in the lead-up to this game, how many times does either Paul Smith or Andrew Bogut bring up how much Perth spent last season? Probably a couple times, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon get past the Phoenix game, then all of a sudden it's it's uh, no holds barred. Yep, but, yep, uh, yep. Um, Sunday, nah, the big games keep coming. Both yes. these games are huge. Four teams all in the playoff hunt. So first up, the Adelaide 36ers against the New Zealand Breakers. Yeah, big game for both, both teams. Um, you know... New Zealand still trying to get that rust off from from missing mm. that big patch of of uh, season, and then Adelaide just hanging in there. Yeah, I mean they're what out of the six right now. Yeah, that, um, that loss in Cairns hurt in so many massive. ways. Yeah, it was massive, and I think yeah, they really need to get it done. They really need a big um, big weekend here for them just to right the ship mm. of, of that loss on mm. New Year's. So look, I think I think. Adelaide get it done, but it's it's going to be close. I think. Um, I think they've probably caught New Zealand at a, at a good time. Yep. Um, but I, I I think Adelaide get it done. And second up on Sunday, this one could simply depend on who's available who's for, available? for, for yeah, both exactly. these teams. So we've got the Cairns Taipans at home to the the Phoenix. Yeah. Again, just huge for these two teams who are trying to fight for that top two spot, but um, are a few games behind it. But also need to solidify themselves properly in the, in the four, in the four yeah, yeah. Um, below that. So you're right. Who's available? Is Keanu going to be back for that game? I'm not sure. Mm. Um, yeah, at this point they only ruled him out for Brisbane, so there's a chance he comes back once yeah. he gets home. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah interesting. So see what happens. But uh, look, I think I think Cairns at home. I think they they get that one done. And then Tuesday night, so there's another doubleheader back on Tuesday night and it's a week away, so there's not too much we can say about it. So why don't we go on one word answer, Cody? The Illawarra Hawks at home to the Jack Jumpers. Jack Jumpers. And then <laughs> the, the Wildcats at home to the Breakers. The makeup game, right? Yep, the yeah, the makeup game. Yeah. And are you going to be in the building? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if I want to jinx everyone. <laughs> so I'm not 100% sure. Uh, cats at home. We'll keep an eye on all of that closely. That's been a lot to dissect, Cody, and a lot to look forward to. It's fair to say it's a pretty eventful time in the NBL right yeah. now, so I'm glad that we can bring all the action to you and break it down a little bit. Um, 
I'll sign off and Happy New Year to everybody and let you have the final say, Cody. Yeah, Happy New Year to everyone and I hope it's a, a good one for all.